What's going on, Just Goes to Show listeners? This is Ridge, back with another episode. Hey guys, just over here on the other mic. Great to be back. Uh, just finished up some Champions League action today, but we're going to be talking um, about a wide range of things here, actually, this week. A few different things on the docket, but what's on your mind, Ridge? Yeah, we got a wide palette here. We're a day late here on the pod. Real life happens. We're day late. What's the expression? Day late, but not a dollar short. Uh, we're going to give you some quality content. Um, to give you a little overview, as always, what we're going to cover, we're going to start a little bit talking about a massive incident that went down um, in the Aston Villa-Birmingham Derby match, which is very close to my heart. We'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, we'll talk about some takes we've had throughout the pod. So for those who've been listening episode after episode, we appreciate you. We love you. Um, we want to humble each other with some bad call-outs that we've had. Um, and then we're going to talk a little bit about the top six, the state of the top six right now. There's actually some numbers we want to run by you guys. Then I got trivia I'm throwing at Chris this week, and then we'll hit you with the predictor app towards the end. Um, and we had a winner last week, didn't we? Yeah, back-to-back weeks with a winner. Um, really excited to give a shout-out this week to the, probably the last person I would have ever expected yeah. to well, win Yeah, well, hold out. We'll get to that soon. Also, I mean... We got a lot of responses on our musical performance last week. Rhythm is a dancer. Jeff Schlipp is the answer. <laughs> you were pretty hesitant when I when we were talking about it. Oh, hell yeah, I was hesitant. <laughs> like, that was one of the dumbest ideas we've ever had. It was pretty dumb, but it was really fun. And I think we had like some uh, some interaction overseas where it was getting kind of passed around. Yeah, we were excited about the song in general. So to I guess hear that. Um, Manifest into something like we, we created last week. Well, like, it was pretty you know, exciting for the fan base. The Brits have different music charts, and if that's you know if our version finds its way to the top of the charts over there, then you know whatever. Maybe it'll go. It'll be one of those songs that gets popular in Europe and not popular in the states. That happens, right? Yeah, but since we didn't actually write the song, do we get paid, or is it like copyright infringement? We could be getting into a whole mess of legal trouble here. Yeah, much like much like our pod, we're just doing it for free. So let's just get, let's get into the free stuff. Um, so starting it off. For those who don't know, uh, over the weekend, Jack Grealish uh, took captain to Aston Villa in Aston Villa against Birmingham City, one of the most hate-filled derbies in all of England. And just to dive into it, I, to give you some context as well, there's two things I want to say. One, um, I am a Aston Villa season ticket holder. I have been since early days, since birth. Uh, my dad and I have had season tickets, and we've actually kept them throughout the years with Aston Villa. So Aston Villa is actually my number one club. They're in the championship now. Um, we talk a lot about Crystal Palace in the pod, and I'll probably cover in a, a later episode why we're such big Crystal Palace fans, but it stems ultimately from my original fandom with Aston Villa. So Aston Villa games, I get up early to, to watch them. I buy ESPN Plus to watch the championship, and... With, so with this game, this is a team that I follow very, very closely and care a lot about. Jack Grealish is the captain, local bo- local boy, twenty three years old from Birmingham. Yeah, he's he's you know he's, he's younger than us. And over the weekend, a Birmingham City fan, I'm assuming under the influence of a lot of different things, stormed onto the field and assaulted Jack Grealish from behind with a punch to the side and back of his neck and face. Jack Grealish went down. Uh, instantly, players surrounded the uh, attacker, um, and then the stewards tackled the the attacker and then took him off the field. So that's a little rundown of what happened. Ten minutes into the match is when the incident went down. Yeah, just a little bit more than that. And in that, just to describe it for those who haven't seen it, if you haven't seen it, super easy to find. It's all over Twitter. Um, so go look it's it all up. Over everything. Yeah, and it it shocked me, Chris. Initial reactions. It was really shocking. It was just kind of crazy to see it happen. Um, 
because Grealish just wasn't looking at all. It came out of nowhere. It was shocking to see that he was going just so untouched the whole way. None of the players really realized it. They were all kind of looking in the other direction. There was a corner coming up. I don't understand how the guy didn't get stopped. It's really scary to think about if he would have connected more better with Grealish or if he would have had like a knife or a weapon in there. Um, I mean, Grealish handled it like an absolute pro. He ended up going on to score a goal in the second half, and they won 1-0. In the press conference after the match, he said it was the best day of his life. Like He, he really didn't, um, didn't dwell on it too much. He didn't complain too much when it happened on the pitch. He kind of just carried on with his job, which I don't understand how he had that like mental strength to really do that. It's a scary thing when you expect to be safe on the field like that. But I don't know. I mean, it's it was pretty messed up. I hadn't really seen anything like that, at least not in a long time. And it's definitely not something that you want to be seeing. A bunch of players went and like tweeted after the match. Like I saw like Kyle Walker, a bunch of the mm-hmm. main like English players um, were tweeting out stuff about it, talking about how like Grealish handled it well, but how disgraceful it was. It was pretty crazy, and it's it's crazy too for it to happen to Birmingham, which is a club that we've like grown up hating. <laughs> so that makes it a little bit more yeah. interesting as well. There's a couple couple takes I have on this. First of all, it's really difficult for me to remove some of the personal bias I have. Obviously. Growing up an Aston Villa fan, I don't like Birmingham City as a club. You know, they're our rivals, um, and so perhaps my reaction is a little bit more strength is strengthened by that. You know, dis- disdain for for the opposition. I think the incident itself. There's a couple things. One, how Grealish moved on and scored the winner is is incredible. There have been other instances similar to this in the past. Not maybe as graphic, but I saw a tweet. What is it? Chris Kirkland was attacked. I, did, well, I actually saw this the other day as well. I think it was about, I think it was in 2011 maybe. Yeah, happened. 2012 I wanted to say. Uh, like who was that. a goalkeeper for QPR at the time. A fan came on and kind of two-hand pushed him in the face around the goal. He was the goalie. There were so. actually a lot of fans that got onto the pitch. They were all celebrating a goal and one of them kind of came around the net. And yeah, um, which, which obviously isn't good. So there are instances of fans it's making totally contact with players. I I don't yeah. know exactly the legal action taken with that fan specifically in the Kirkland incident. Um, but then I know, obviously, as you kind of – not to go too stereotypical, as you travel further into Eastern Europe, as you get into you know the Russias, the Ukraines, and some of those domestic leagues where you tend to see a little bit more in- investigations about racism and some players feeling under threat, a lot more flares, pyrotechnics, things like that. There have been instances with fans getting on fields and fights breaking out, and you see them kind of go viral on Twitter. Um, not a ton. Like, it's, like, not, you know, a common thing, but it's something that I've seen videos of, um, and some occasionally in, in South American and Mexican leagues as well. For it to happen on such a big st- stage in England, um, in such a big scale, uh to me is is absolutely shocking and infuriating and i don't think i honestly d- can't think of a punishment that the fa and the football league puts into place that i would consider too severe i cannot think of one i mean so that's an interesting debate as well so so far <coughs> excuse me the um the offender of the incident He's going to be in prison for 14 weeks. He got a 10-year ban from all football grounds. That's pretty much it. Um, oh, and he had to pay Jack Grealish 100 pounds. Yeah, what the hell is that? <laughs> Why? I don't know. Um, so I guess there's the question of how does he get punished and then how does the club get punished? Right. And I think for him, I, I think it's definitely within reason to give him a lifetime ban from football grounds. I don't understand why you can't. Yeah, you should never attend another game again. Um, I don't really understand what the like assault laws are in England where I don't, I don't I can't like sentence the guy. I don't know. But 14 weeks seems like not that long, especially 
you know, you're like trespassing at that point, assaulting a, like a defenseless person. I'm not really sure, but it looks like he's at least getting punished. The club, I'm not really sure how that's going to go down at all. Yeah, so I think I think on an individual level, I think there's and there's obviously there's two realms individually that you can handle it. You can handle it legally, you know, legally in the legal system in the UK, and then also in pers- in pers- uh, in like. I don't know, in line with the footballing league, right? Yeah, so, like, yeah, what's his punishment yeah. from a footballing perspective, the individual? Uh, what's his name, Paul Mitchell? Uh, I think Kevin Mitchell. Kevin uh, Mitchell? Might have been Paul. Can we get a little fat check on that? Yeah. Paul Mitchell uh, is, an, is the name of the guy who – the company that makes my hair product, so maybe it's the same <laughs> guy. Um, but with <laughs> – with, It is Paul Mitchell. There you go, Paul Mitchell. He's 27. Great, too. great hair product. So, I mean, but, right around our age. There's two things, right? Like, one, how are they going to handle him with the – in terms of the footballing league? Are they going to ban him – you know, ban him from game? I think a couple things that I, off the cuff, think – are necessary. I think lifetime ban from all football, acti- uh, from all football rating activities. Um, I just think is a flat out, simple, easy one. You should never go to a ground again. And then legally, there's a couple different questions that you just brought up, right? Like he's facing 14 weeks in prison. There's assault. Is there trespassing involved? I don't really know. Um, is he under the, is, is he under the juris, is he under the influence of drugs or, you know, drunkenly, drunkenly and disorderly like at that point. Like, what are the laws there? So I think there's a ton of different things. I think that what needs to happen is there really needs to be, really needs to be severe punishment here because there will be a fan at some point who's in the stands who sees a player that he absolutely hates, right, and says to himself, 14 weeks, can't go to a game for 10 years, fuck it. I'm not I'm playing not playing on going to a game for 10 years anyway. Like couple, so couple things will go down as a legend. Yeah, a couple months, couple months in the in the sin bin. Um, you know, whatever. My life sucks. I'm going to go do this anyway. Right? And like that doesn't that that's that's the the nerve-wracking part for me is that they need to be overly severe. Um so people are deterred from doing anything like this again. So I think a lifetime ban is necessary, and then um, you know as much legal persecution as possible on multiple different fronts: trespassing, assault, influence, you know, drunken disorderly things like that. Um, and again, I might be biased here, but I think there needs to be both severe, severe action taken. No, I think yeah, I think the biggest thing right now is especially with the reputation that like football fans have and football in general has in terms of like violence and hooliganism and all that. I think you have to come down really hard to exactly like what you said, deter it from the future, make sure that no one else is going to be tempted to do something like this. Because, I mean, even this guy leaving the pitch, there's fans that are clapping. Yeah, he was there. cheered off. He was cheered off um, the pitch. He looked like he was, like, smiling. He thought he... He thought um, he did something awesome. Yeah, he thought... done a cool thing. And it's just messed up. There was also another um, incident where Birmingham banned a, another fan for going crazy on Twitter, basically, after the match. A lot of stuff with, like, Jack Grealish's family. We don't really need to get too deep into that, but they got, like, another ban for a different guy, too, who was posting. I, so so on, on the front of how, how the clubs can be punished, that's, again, the different realm, and then we'll kind of wrap up here on this topic, but I, I'm i of the opinion that there, def- there should be some games played behind closed doors. Absolutely. There should be games played. So it's a relatively common punishment for teams. It's an extreme one, but you'll play games that are supposed to be home games with nobody in the stands. Or... And they're just empty. So there's no home field advantage, essentially, is the idea. Um, I think that's, you know, if they have to play the remainder of their home games this season like that, sure. Start off the next season a couple a, a couple games like that, yeah. Um, I also think a point deduction is warranted. I definitely don't think that's absurd. You get teams who get point deductions for, like Palace got a point deduction ten over 10 years ago because they couldn't pay, they couldn't, 
make a profit as a club. They couldn't pay some of their wages. Um, so assault, like how does that in relation to actually paying some of your players? You know what I mean? Like I don't think it's like a really – I don't know. I, I wouldn't dock points at this point for them, especially in the middle of the season. Um I think that there needs to be severe punishments to them with fines, and they need to be... I, I think playing a game behind closed doors or two games behind that is fine, but I don't think I would dock points. Well, I, I mean, you have to... The club has to they be have punished. To investigate and, and a little the bit. The club more. has to be punished in some, some severe fashion because it's at, it's at their home stadium, happens on their ground, it's their own stewards, it's their own fans. There has to be a massive, massive punishment to the club as well. That way the, the, the club turns on those, you know, reckless, abusive fans and says, we don't want you anymore. And the fans of the club who aren't like that, because I'm sure there are a lot of nice Birmingham City fans out there. there of course there are. Um, but they have to turn on those 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 negative, you know, offenders and and hate them and not, not want them back in the ground. So I think there's got to be, I don't think uh, point deduction is out of the question. I think playing behind closed doors is pretty important. Maybe a transfer ban, something like that for uh, a couple windows. Um, but all, all things I'm you know, I, I think we need to see at the club level and the individual level. So I'm all for extremely strong punishment. I, I was really appalled at, at, at that and disgusted, and um, it sucked. It sucked to see. I didn't like it. Yeah, it was tough. It kind of was like sickening to watch in a way. But we'll move on for right now. Um, we'll probably follow up on this at some point when we see more if there are like actions taken against the club. Yeah. But <laughs> in I think January in an episode about how you would sell Sergio Aguero right now. Like you think this would be a great time for the club to sell him and get like peak value for him. I see times of decline and how terrible of a take that was. And we say a lot of really dumb things on here a lot. And then we kind of just never follow up on them. And no one really has a platform to necessarily call us out uh, on the stupid stuff we've said. So I figured we'd just call each other out on it and kind of dive into how uh, we've made some really terrible predictions over the past you know, however many months we've been doing this podcast. Yeah, so on the Sergio Aguero front, I'm kind of going to stand by that for for a hot second because I don't think my point wasn't majorly the fact that he's, like, on this huge decline. Sergio Aguero's past it and, like, he's, you know, old and sucks, whatever. My point is, is, like, you've got another, they've got another, like, season and a half left in him for the for the back half of this season and maybe next season. Um, and he's just such a massive name, kind of like with Real Madrid, like, yeah, is Ronaldo good still for Juventus? Yeah, of course, but they got over 100 million pounds for him, and now he's at Juve. So, like, is that a good sale from Real Madrid? I think so, business-wise. Um, as Real so, Madrid, this is this is interesting timing as Real Madrid just gets knocked out of the Champions League, and he scores a hat trick for Juventus today to get them to the next round. I, I really still good think, I st- yeah, I mean, I still think, I think it's one of those things where we're very reactionary and very, you know, volatile to the short-term markets, but I think that, um, I you know, I think selling Aguero at the end of the season, if your Man City still isn't the worst thing, like obviously he scored a bunch more goals in the back half of this year, so I mean, they, he is leading the Premier League in goals. Right yeah, now. I mean, if they would have, you know, if they would have sold him, then you scored know, maybe, twice today in the Champions League. Right. I mean, if they would have sold him, would they be winning at the rate they're winning? Probably, probably not. I mean, who knows? Gabriel Jesus isn't a bad player, but I mean, they obviously know what they're doing. But my point was more so market related, so stand by it. All right. Well, send one back at me then, because I, I, right, think so I think most people. I think most people heard what you said. You heard you said that they should sell us Sergio Aguero. I think I. But I, we'll move on. I that. think the it, we've talked two things. One, we talked a lot about Chelsea all year, and your prediction at the beginning of the year was how Chelsea and Mauricio Sarri playing sorry ball. We're going to go and push not only into the you know hopefully into the top three. I think you picked them to finish third. I did. Um, after Manchester. I went back and looked. It was yep, third. Yep. After um, 
after Liverpool and Man City. So not only do I think you're going to get the title winner wrong, but you picked Chelsea, who I don't even know if Sarri's going to be there by the end of this year. Um, and they're an absolute mess. And wow. just, I just, it, it's a, it was just turned out to be a terrible pick. No, I, actually, I'm going to defend myself here a little bit as well. So I knew you were going to bring this up, so I brought some ammo back with me. And I thought about it a lot. And I really didn't have to dive that deep because it's pretty simple that Chelsea are not that screwed yet. So if you pull up the table, they have played 29 matches, one less than every other team, basically. Uh, every other team in the top six, at least. They're four points behind Spurs in third place. If they beat Everton this weekend, they'll be one point out of third. And Maurizio Sarri's still there. Maybe they didn't do it exactly the way I thought with Sarri ball. Maybe Jorginho's not as good as I thought. Maybe um, they just they just bought Gonzalo Inmaiin on loan and made him the third highest paid player in the league. He looks like he could also drink beer on our living room couch that I'm looking at right now on the weekends. Yeah, he's not that great either, but I'm just saying, all I'm saying is that they could still finish third pretty I, easily. I think I think Sarri's going to continue to drop. Everything with the Kepa, it's been a terrible season for Chelsea to date. Um, and what do you see what Sarri just said about Wolves this past weekend? Like, the guy's an idiot. I, I, think, he's, I think he's absolutely clueless. I think the... The fact that he can't smoke the six on the sideline is it's what's getting really to him. He's tweaking. We talked um, about that at the very beginning of the season, and I think that has been the difference. If he goes back to Italy and he's allowed to smoke again, you never know. Um, all right. So, what what else you got? So this one, I don't really, I don't really have a co- the- coherent thought on it. But there's a lot of different things going on with your um, predictions and analysis of goalkeepers in the Premier League. So, well, Andrew Lapin, our friend, brought this up to see the other day. But you were talking about Jordan Pickford, I think, last week. Was it the week before? I think it was last week. We were talking about the yeah, team you were impressed with. I rate Jordan About Pickford, how yeah. you think Jordan Pickford's probably the best goal in the Premier League. Um, I said he might be the most talented goal in the Premier League. I think you said best. We can go back to the tape if we need to. That's the best part about a podcast. But pretty sure That's that you part. said that he's the – well, in, in the, in the, for that scenario, yeah. Um, anyway, you were speaking really highly of him last week. We were talking about earlier in the season after he made that blunder against uh, Liverpool and he had some suspect performances that he was kind of a mess. And I just saw this article today about how uh, Gareth Southgate is uncertain whether or not Jordan Pickford's going to be their long-term number one. They might even go with Tom Heaton because he's been so erratic with his performances. Did you watch, Did you see Tom Heaton's performance this past weekend against Liverpool? Terrible. He had one of the worst goal kicks I've ever seen. It result, resulted in a goal. Just saying that I don't think Jordan Pickford uh, is the best goalkeeper in the Premier League. And I also think that your back-and-forth opinion on him is questionable. I have two more goalkeepers to bring up, though, here before I'm done with this point. So another one was Burn Leno, who has not been terrible. I'm not going to, like, Being good. rip on him. Being good. You had him as your goalkeeper this season in the preseason predictions. He has four clean sheets and 24 appearances in the Premier League this year. Assuming that game against United, though? He did have a good game this week, so there's a little recency bias there. But overall, eh, they've given up a lot of goals. And then another goalkeeper that you've been big on this year, in, I think, January, we picked our best 11 in the season so far, and you had Lucas Fabianski in there as well, talking about how he might be one of the best in the Premier League. I know you've also stated in private to me several times how much you hate David De Gea. I just don't think you have a very clear vision on your goalkeepers, and I think your takes are changing back Here's the deal. Here's the deal. I have an opinion that some of the best sides in England don't have the best goalkeepers. I think they do a couple things. I think they try and get players who can play – or goalkeepers who can play with their feet so they can distribute the ball well. For example, Allison and Ederson, right? Supposed to be very good players, former outfield players. 
I think they make really critical mistakes. Ederson has given up a shocking amount of penalties this season for Manchester City. Allison he does rush a lot. Allison just let in a goal from a corner this past weekend. A corner of went straight in, um, and David de Gea let in a thirty-five yard goal against Jan Valery near post against Southampton. But they knuckled. You know? it, it, like, it, like I, I just think, I think. Although I am right now, I am searching. I'm crying out for a goalkeeper to prove themselves as the best in the league. I think Lucas Fabianski's class. I do think Berlino's class. He's forced. He's forced uh, Petrček into retirement this season, and Jordan Pickford on his day. I think he needs to find a little bit more consistency. Freak athlete, very very good athlete, can make some athletic saves. I would actually take those three goalies over. If you look at the top three teams in the table, which is Liverpool, Man City, and Spurs, I would take all three of those goalies over any of those goalies on the top three sides in the table. Oof. Wow. So I absolutely just, would. he's doubling down. I absolutely would. I think that I, I just think that um, some of these goalies they get comfortable. Like I've like on sports teams growing up, like when you had a goalie who like you know, you, like I played on good hockey teams, right? And we would win most games like five nothing, five, five or we win like five two, five one, right? Always be dominated in teams. Well, well yeah, we usually win by quite a bit. And then like our goalie would just get like lazy and it I don't know if it happens when you'll get a lot of shots, but like or if you just kind of get to that level and then you kind of take your foot off the gas. But I, I just – I don't know. I, don't I just think agree. it's one of the hardest positions to judge players at. Um, and there's a lot of different types of goalkeepers that can be effective depending on the, the system you're running and things like that. Yeah, I think but, a couple of years ago the, the world number one was obviously Manuel Neuer after the 2014 well, World Cup. Yeah. Um, yeah, they won that one. Yeah, and I think it's kind of up for grabs. A lot of people are saying De Gea is the best goalkeeper in the one. They had a shocking World Cup run and then hasn't been that good this year in the league. I don't know. I point I point taken. I'm a little inconsistent with my goalie picks, but I still like those three. Okay. Yeah. I kind of I like most of them for the the most part too. I've always liked Fabianski. But anyway, go ahead. And what, then what do you, you um flash forward a couple weeks back we bought uh bought, held and sold teams. Um you bought West Ham. Don't yeah. know don't know why. I'm struggling to figure out why. Since, since then, um, Arnautovic has threatened to leave to China and then come back. Chicharito uh, can't find a goal ever. Um, and their only bright spot's really Declan Rice, but they did just lose 2 0 to Cardiff on the weekend. Um, and Felipe Anderson seems to have dried up with all kinds of goals and points. So. I think buying West Ham early in the season, we were talking. You were talking about putting them pushing for Europa, like a Europa League well, place, like kind of pushing into that top seven. Exactly. Um, they're going to finish a long ways away, and they need a lot more work under under Pellegrino. Ryan well, Fredericks is a terrible right back. <laughs> yeah, he is. I mean, they're they're not doing great. They haven't been great since I said that. I'll, I'll admit that they're still in ninth, so it's not like they've dropped off the face of the earth, but. They've got some leaky defenders. Fredericks isn't good. I saw him at Fulham uh, when I went and saw them live last season, and I thought he was pretty impressive. He's like pretty pacey, but he really can't defend. Stomped on sure. Jack Grealish in the championship playoff final last year. He did, yeah. He uh, He's a little bit of a scumbag. They all go after Grealish, though. Yeah. But, no, that wasn't a very good pick. Uh, I don't really have a whole lot to defend on that. I think um, – Arnautovic being out, Anderson being a little more inconsistent. And then they obviously had a couple – I mean, Yarmolenko got hurt and stuff that like was, that. That was before I right. said that, though. Um, I can't really use that as ammo. So what I want to – so obviously if you guys find takes that you feel like are scorching or you you know look back at uh, you know what we talked about, tweet, tweet at us. Uh, let us know what you think. Um, I think I – 
just by nature tend to be a little bit more fiery, um, controversial. So wow. I probably got a lot more to tweet at, but whatever, send them my way. Um, and then touching quickly on some of the top six. Yeah, we'll do this quick. The dominance because we're just talking about like we're you know Chris, you were, we were reading this article about where teams are at right now, how they've they've got the first, second, third, fourth teams have more points at this time time in the year than almost any other point in Premier League so history. It's the top six right now have more points combined through 30 games than they ever have in the history of the Premier League. And they broke the record from last season when it was set. So there's this trend right now where the top six is really accumulating a large majority of the points across the table. And it's interesting to think about because it's kind of showing that there's more and more of a gap between those six clubs and the rest of the, the pack here in the Prem. So I think it's interesting to think about, you know, why that's the case, um, especially this season. The biggest ones are Liverpool are like 10 points ahead of the average in second place. And you look at United and Chelsea, they are both like way ahead of the average in fifth and sixth right now. So um, I guess, you know, we're only a couple of years removed from Leicester and that whole run. But do you think that's plausible at any point? in the future anymore? Or? Here's the thing. I think, yeah. Because you know what? Before that Leicester run, nobody thought that was possible then, right? Nobody would thought, no, like they were what, like 6,000 to 1 odds to, to win the league. Nobody thought it was possible. I to, For me to say, oh, it's not possible, it's never going to happen again, I don't know. Maybe it won't happen again, but I think it could. And I think in order for that to happen, you're going to need a bit of an implosion. Like some of the team, it's kind of like, some of those teams at the top need to implode. And, like, for example, what Spurs are doing right now, Pochettino's losing his mind with the refs, getting suspended, um, you know, missing out on games, complaining about the Champions League, right? Like, that, there's a bit of kind of a distraction away from league play. But then you look at teams like Man City um, who, you know, don't seem to have that happening. You need kind of something controversial to happen with some of those top teams. Like maybe Man City, there's a locker room bust up and, you know, I don't know, Pep punches a player or something like that. You know, everyone's like that can happen. And then all of a sudden they're losing points. And then, you know, Crystal Palace come out of nowhere and, you know, uh, Jeffrey Schlupp's playing at all 11 positions and they go on to win the league. It's possible. So I'm not going to say it's not possible. Uh, I, I don't know about that. I think that it'd be really tough at this point because there's so much money at the top. Um, like, you look at teams like Man City and Liverpool this season, they're so far ahead of any team um, outside the top six right now. So I don't really think any of those teams, there's any team that's not in the top six that could win a title in the next five seasons. I think you'd probably have to maybe get new ownership in, a lot more money into the club. Right, but then, you know, someone comes in and buys, I don't know, someone comes in and buys West Ham from the from David Gold and Sullivan. All of a sudden, and they pump a bunch of money into the club. And Newcastle. Um, yeah, or Newcastle. And all of a sudden, you've got a really formidable side. So I think it's possible. I think you need a little bit of implosion at the top. Um, but yes, those those teams are getting better and better. But I mean, I just have a general theory about you know economics and 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 sports um when you have a system like this it's it's competition right it's made for the the best team cannot win by a massive margin every single time eventually that monopoly will be broken it's just going to take a different force or some you know implosion forces to happen wow getting into your economic yeah push your glasses up on the bridge of your noses there chaps um i don't know if i believe it but i'm not gonna get into an economics debate with you today let's get let's get into a little bit of a let's Let's do it trivia a little trivia oh boy all All right right. so this one's not crazy um but we're gonna downplay it more yeah not crazy pretty simple you should get every single one uh like you know in five seconds no it's a little bit more difficult than that and i'm gonna be impressed if you get a couple here what we're gonna do i'm gonna give you a minute and i want you to there's 20 
players that well the 20 players in the Premier League who have played the most minutes in the Premier League this season, 11 of them are not goalkeepers. Oh, I was going to say it's so going to be a lot nine, of goalkeepers. Nine, nine, of them are, nine of them are goalies, so there's 11 outfield players. Um, I'm going to give you a minute. I'm going to allow you to guess as many as you can. Um, I'll confirm uh, when you get one. Um, I will... <laughs> Obviously, what do you think confirmed. would actually be a good number to get here? This is I'll, not that easy. I'll be impressed if you get more than three. More than three? Yeah, I set, I set the bar really, really low. I don't know. <laughs> um, oh, God. So right. you, you, I'm I think you can do better than that. I'm going to give you a minute, um, and I need uh, just, you can just fire off players, and if you want to rapid fire, I'll give you a thumbs up. Cool? Three, two, one, go. Uh, Luka Milivojevic. Yes. Andres Townsend. No. N'Golo Conte. No. Jorginho. No. Um, Christian Eriksen. No. Nope. Now um, oh, I'm starting to wear my neck at more than three. Should I be thinking defenders or midfielders? Defenders. Defenders. Uh, Virgil van Dijk. Yes. Um, it's two thirty seconds in. Um. Not small and Lindelof, maybe? Nope. No. Socrates? Nope. No. Um, Vertonghen? Nope. Yeah, 15 seconds. I don't know. I can't get any of these. Wambasaka? No. Tompkins? No. No. No Palace players? Nine. Oh, my eight, God. Seven. Um, six. Five. Four. I don't think I have anything else. Three. Two. One. All right, so like I said, I'd be impressed if you got three, you got two. Um, oh, wow, this is going to be a really bad segment. <laughs> so I kind of just blinked. I, so it's I didn't tough. the right direction yeah. to go. I'll give, you, I'll, I'll, I'll give you some hints here because you asked in the middle, and I knew it was going to be difficult. That's why I set the bar at three. It, to be fair, it is difficult. I want you to think about a lot of these players are players who are defenders for not – Top teams, so yeah. you're kind of going with top going teams. The right a lot of those teams have a lot of rotation with Champions League and stuff like that. So it's yeah. defenders who are, a lot of them are a little bit lower in the table, and then there's some outliers. So, um, for example, there's a Wolves center back and a Burnley center Bennett, back. Cody. Um, Cody's played all, every minute of every game this season. Tarkovsky. Um, no, there's a center back for Burnley, not Tarkovsky. Um, it's not you. It's. Ben me. Yeah, there you go. Ben me a little, little pun right there. So the uh, three Those outfield are really tough. Wow, three, man, you, I'm gonna look so dumb. This is really the, tough. The, the you really three, got me. The here. three outfield players who have played every minute of every game this season uh, that aren't goalkeepers are Luca, Ben me, and Connor Cody have played the, every minute of every game. And then there's a bunch of other goalies who have done that as well. Um, then center back wise, you look at a couple of the defenders. You got Van Dyke, who's in 15th minute um, plays at the top 20. Um, there's another Palace player. Patrick Van Anhol. Yep, Patrick Van Anhol wow, is on here. Favorite player yeah, I'm so pissed league. about that. Um, and then there's a Burnley center back. Um, yeah, I already got a Burnley one. Or, no, sorry, yeah, a Bournemouth center back. Um, a Cork? Car- nope, a Cardiff center back. A uh, Huddersfield center back. And a right back for Chelsea. Aspilicueta. yes. Ah, man. Huddersfield center back, Cardiff center back, and Bournemouth center back. Just give them to me. Uh, we got Nathan Ake. Oh, yeah, but Bournemouth, I was going to guess. Um, 
Aubameyang's countryman Bruno, Bruno Aquile manga from Fuck Gabon. screaming last time at trivia. Again, yeah, he comes back to haunt me. <laughs> the, the ghost of Bruno's past. Oh. Um, and then Christoph Schindler for Huddersfield. Um, and then players who, have also, who also reached the list are Alexander Mitrovic uh, and Wilfred Ndidi. So to recap all 11, for, for those listening, though, we got Connor Cody, Ben Mee, Luka Milivojevic, Nathan Ake, Wilfred Ndidi, Virgil van Dijk, Patrick van Aanholt, Bruno Aquilemanga, Alexander Mitrovic, Christoph Schindler, Cesar Espelicueta. Well, I'm going to get a lot of heat. Yeah. Um, but, oh, you know, man. a lot of names out there. You kind of want the opposite end. Maybe that was the toughest one you ever gave me. Um, but, yeah, we got off the difficulty. it's not that crazy. I guess the concept of it is I mean, it's it's never that crazy when you know the answer. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it was tough. But I think it was a good one. It's just, it was, it was tricky. All At right. least I got Luca. Yeah, at least you got Luca, but you missed the other pass player, so whatever. Um, so, predictor app. Uh, we got we had a big win from this past weekend. Yeah, so shout out Nick Scarlatelli, a.k.a. Scar Daddy. Um, he, aka Rumble, he's dumb. He, well, he, he actually kind of <laughs> knows. Dumb. He kind of knows, uh, like soccer or not soccer. I mean, but like gambling and fantasy sports and stuff like that a little bit. But he doesn't know enough to actually make an educated guess here. Anyway, he, I won two weeks ago. If you recall, um, rich man over here. But back to back weeks, we had someone win, which is awesome. And Scar, let me. I wanted to double check what he finished and what place he finished in here. Scar won seventy six cents, so he can you know those machines you like put quarters in, you press like E eight, and then the Snickers comes out. He can like get himself one of those. <laughs> he was saying uh, yesterday that he was gonna he bought himself a salad at lunch with it. We were talking about like what you would get if you went to those kind of like do it yourself salad bars where they have to weigh it at the end. How much you you'd be able to put in there for it to come out? to Yeah, he get like two cents. croutons in New York. <laughs> like no way. Um, so he finished two hundred and fifty six out of sixty nine thousand eight hundred and ninety six. And came home with 76 cents. So let's do it again this week and see who's going to come home. I, I think I've got all winners here. I am going for the 50K jackpot. I'm gunning for it this week. All right. Well, um, I uh, let's, let's kick it off with Bournemouth versus Newcastle. Um, so I went Bournemouth to win 3-1. They're at home. Um, Ryan Frazier and Callum Wilson, that deadly duo, is back. And I'm looking for them to, to bang in the goals because they connected for two goals uh, this past weekend. They are back. Bournemouth have been struggling quite a bit lately. Uh, they're coming off a win, but before that, they're coming off a win against Huddersfield. Before that, they were in really poor form. Newcastle are uh, starting to pick it up a little bit, but I'm going to say they cancel each other out. I'm going 1-1. Yeah, fair result. Um, then pivot over to Burnley-Leicester. Who you got? Uh, so I like what Leicester is doing now, making some moves here with Brendan Rodgers post-Claudio era. Claudio with Roma now. I think he just kind of won in his first match. Second stint there. But anyway... I like what Leicester's doing. I think Yuri Tielemans has been really important for them as of late, so I like that as well. Burnley, uh, I'm going Leicester 2-0. Yeah, this is the kind of game that Leicester should win, and I actually just hit backspace yeah, on my watch picks change right that. there, and I'm going to go Burnley 2-1. So I was so unconvincing in my argument that you decided to change Yeah, literally mid-argument, I was like, nah. I started dude. talking, he's like, oh, shit. Well, I, just, I just realized this. that Leicester have Brendan Rodgers, and... You don't like him? No, no. Yeah, so no. it's just bias. Yeah, no. Let's go Let's go 2-1 Burnley. Um, we'll look for a nice little Chris Wood header and probably like an Ashley Barnes like hits it in with like his torso or like, you know. His elbow. Yeah, his knee or something. Uh, yeah. Just be an absolute muck fest. Something about Ashley Barnes. I don't like him. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I don't like him. He's exactly the kind of guy who you would love if he was on your team, but he plays for any other team and you don't like him. Right, right. Um, so All yeah, right. I'll go 2-1 Burnley. West Ham Huddersfield is the next one. What do you like here? Yeah. <sighs> 
I just chirped the West Ham pick. Huddersfield are a disgrace. So I'm going to go West Ham 2-0. I think West Ham bounced back over that poor game they had against Cardiff, and they really, really come on strong. Um, look for Felipe Anderson to get back to his creative ways. Yeah, um, I'm going in a similar route here, but I'm going less goals. I'm going 1-0 West Ham. Uh, Huddersfield are doomed. They're doomed. They're a disgrace. West Ham, we talked earlier about how I blew my prediction with them. I'm still not sold on them being good, except Declan Rice has been pretty promising. I'll go 1-0. Fair. We'll scrape one out. Uh, and then Fulham Liverpool, I went 5-0 Fulham. I almost went 5 with this one. before I did these my picks before you. I had a feeling just because Fulham sucks. It's an it's an absurd pick because it's at the Craven Cottage, but to, like to, to score that many goals away is difficult. I think this um, is a game that Liverpool pops off though. Exactly, like Liverpool, we talked about it. It's like you know, it's hell or high water, and so I think um, they're gonna go uh, and just they'll get a couple early and then they'll pour it on. And Salah has not scored in ages, so I expect him to get a, actually get back to scoring ways. Speaking of bad takes, you had Salah as your player of the year. Um, the, Preseason. Uh, I mean, say Liverpool will go it's, not like push. it's not out of the question. No, he's not doing badly. He's just not player of the year right now. But anyway, I got 4 1 Liverpool. Similar thoughts. Uh, I don't really know why I have Fulham scoring a goal here. They probably won't. Yeah, Ryan Babble with the red hair. Knocks I, one they're in. playing Sesson Young again, though, which I like at least. The, yeah. the young English talent. But yeah, I'm going 4 1 Fulham. Well, right Fulham there. Liverpool, excuse me. Uh, Fulham, I think they're going down too, unfortunately. Bummer. Yeah, uh, and then we went Everton Chelsea. I went one nil Everton over Chelsea. I th- again, Sarri's lost the plot, and Chelsea really struggled to score against Wolves um, this past weekend. And uh, I Everton has been defending well in spurts as of late, and so I expect them to shear up the defense um, and and win one nil. Nick a Nick a goal, maybe Gilfie scored from a set piece. Yeah, I'm going to do what you just did and change my pick here because of what we talked about earlier and how Chelsea still have a chance of finishing third. I'm going to be optimistic. I had Everton 2-1. I'm going 2-2 only because I'm just trying to, you know, not look like an idiot there. I think they could still finish third. Um, And, like I said, Pickford sucks too, so maybe they'll get two goals. Yeah, it's interesting that we're like— I'm not really, like, picking these predictors with any logic anymore. It's just all gut. It's like I'm a a degenerate gambler. "Mm, I just got a good feeling about them this week. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Yeah, you got an insider tip. I think the key for the predictor app, for those listening, what you want to do is you've got to take a couple risks because, like, there are going to be some games where, like, weird stuff happens. That was, like, the one I won, the nil-nil in the— Merseyside Derby. That yeah. was a risky pick. I hit it right on, and that's how I won the. Exactly. So you've got to like pick a game that like other people don't get right, and you've got to pick games like right on the head. So if you go every game like one one two nothing, not every week at all finishes like that. I mean, usually I feel like. I mean, when um, I won, I got two of them exactly right. So if you can get three of them exactly right, I feel like you're going to be in a good spot. To exactly, and if there's a crazy result and all other people pick it, like say I'm you know one of the few people say five nil Liverpool, and that happens, then you know that helps. Yeah, well, but you should listen to me because I have actually won this before. Yeah, you get all this advice from Jack, who's never placed. I mean, uh, no, we I haven't have, been like I updating have, people. I have, I have before we did it on the pod. Oh, oh I got like convenient. forty cents in there. I don't remember that. But anyway, I mean, we haven't been listening to your placement, like where you're finishing in these sixty nine thousand people. I don't know why it's always sixty nine thousand people that are entering. But yeah, nice, nice. Um, so that's all I got. I don't know. Yeah, that's all we got for that's all we got for this week, guys. Go like, play some FIFA now. Yeah, obviously a lot a lot involving the Jack Grealish incident. Um, we do the Champions League games this past uh, or uh, today and yesterday, um, and Man City 
advanced, as well as Spurs, as well as Manchester United, who came back as well. So a lot of the English teams... And Liverpool teams, could tomorrow. And Liverpool could tomorrow. So a lot of the English teams are progressing well as, as well, which will affect the title race. We're actually getting getting to work on our logo game. Chris has been unleashing his inner artistic ability and designing a logo for the pod. I think so. we're going to do one that's just really lame, though. Like, I mean, not lame, but just basically there's not much that went into it. Yeah, I mean, we're not, like, good at this, but it's the fact that we're doing it is cool, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess. Um, just like the music thing, the song thing. Yeah. Right? Like, what, what else can you want from us? Like, um, trying to innovate. Also, shout out to people that have been sending us stuff, like, content ideas. Uh, Briggs, if you're listening to this, I know you sent me a couple things this week. I appreciate it. Yeah, Briggs, you're a dog. Shout out to you. Uh-huh. Um, and so... We'll obviously get the predictor apps uh, back out. Uh, give us a follow. Uh, just go, uh, goes to show pod. I'm getting the handle right this time. Um, and appreciate it as always, guys. Uh, we'll get back to you next week, um, Monday night, Tuesday morning, as you, as scheduled as usual. Yep, just goes to show. Everybody's human. Thanks, guys. Oh, 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 oh.